Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the NCSA Radio Podcast. NCSA is the Nebraska Council of School Administrators. It is your premier organization to increase your professional acumen in our great state of Nebraska. I am Sam Stecker, Superintendent East Butler Public Schools, and I am super excited. Uh, We just finished up another successful NCSA conference at Administrator Days, and I have Mark Scherenbrock here. And Mark just was our closing keynote. And I'm going to give you some props here, Mark. Because sometimes on this last day, sometimes principals go, Carney has multiple golf courses. <laughs> and the room can be a little empty, not quite as full. And Mark had spoken here before, and we had a full house today, which as well we should have. Uh, Mark is a great guy. He's an author of a wonderful book called Nice Bike. And if I was going to put a title for Mark on a business card, I would probably say he is ex- he's an expert at interacting with humans on that most essential person-to-person level. Mm. And I've seen a lot of people speak, and I remember the last time after you spoke, it wasn't just inspiring. I took things and did things differently and better the next time I had the chance. So Mm. thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Sam. That's really sweet. Thank you. Well, it's all true, too. Uh, Traditionally, first question that we have on the podcast, and I mentioned this before, it's always one of my favorite questions. Tell me about the best teacher you've ever had. How long is this podcast going? Well, normally we go 20 or 30 minutes, but I'll give you as much as you need. I could give you a four-hour answer (laughs) on that question because I remember I started as a youth speaker, and I was doing high school assemblies, and my talk was, in in essence, the greatest days of your life so far, meaning high school is not the best time for every kid, but as long as you're here, this is my message to kids, as long as you're here, be engaged. Mm -hmm. Do something with it. Don't leave here with four, four years later with regrets. Leave here with some memories, with some engagement. Define who you are. Well, then I started to be asked to talk to teacher groups. Because mm-hmm. if you go well, out, you can talk to kids, you can talk to teachers. And so I wrote this presentation, and it went terrible. It absolutely went terrible. I, it, 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 I didn't resonate. Hmm. I was a lousy speaker for teachers. But I didn't want to give up. And so I really looked at what, what message do I have for teachers? And I started to think about my own teachers, which goes back to your question, who is your best teacher? And I looked at my elementary, my middle school, my high school teachers. I looked at my administrators. I looked at my custodians and my cooks. And suddenly these stories unfolded of, of Mrs. Palliser in kindergarten, of Sister Rose Margaret, because I went to a Catholic grade mm-hmm. school, public high school, and how I was, I missed one day of school, and that was important because if you attended school every day on Friday for a bonus, you got a holy card as a Catholic kid, mm-hmm. which is like a baseball cards for Catholics. You know, they got a picture of the saint with their how many people they saved per year, what their average conversion rate was. And I missed my I missed my Saint Jude card, and which was you got to have. I mean, that completes the set. Oh, it completes the set. For and sure. I I uh, I did a picture for Sister of what happened to my throat, and a little picture for her, and she just was just enamored with it. Mm-hmm. She, she, looking back, she got pictures from little kids every day. Yes. Yet she made it feel like it's the first time she'd ever gotten a picture <laughs> f- from a kid in her life, and she said, "I will treasure this." But instead of putting it in the in basket, she reached into her robes, out came a thin black wallet. She carefully folded up and put it in her wallet. And you got to see her do that. And better than that, I did. I thought, you know, I I must be a pretty good artist. She really <laughs> liked that. Well, she, she left to go to a different school for a while and then came back when I was older. In uh, sixth grade, she stopped me in the hallway. 
Sister, you're back. She said, I am, and I have to share something with you. Out comes a wallet. Out comes a picture that I made for her in second grade. That's too cool. You get older, you get more cynical. You think, well, does the woman have like a file system back in the convent where she moves (laughs) pictures in and out? Maybe she does. But what she did was she knew how to connect with kids and make each one of us Mm -hmm. feel unique and special. I have a story like that for all of my, Miss Hanson, my remedial math teacher in in junior high. Mm -hmm. Eddie Johnson, my student council advisor that was the assistant principal that encouraged me to run for student council president. I said, I've never been president of anything. He said, I will help you. Don't worry, but part of my procedure, I need, I need, we're gonna teach you how to lead. You've got some raw ability, we're gonna teach you how to lead. Leroy Radovich, who I talked about today, mm-hmm. That I, I, when people ask me how you're doing, Sam, I never say fine or I'm okay. I always say great because the seed that Leroy Radovich taught me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have him as a classroom teacher. It was a hallway interaction. Mm-hmm. Yet that has changed my life. But I wish I could tell you, Connie Crane of English Lit, who this woman loved to read, and it just every class. And I was like a slow reader. I, I you know, it took me forever to read a book. People mm-hmm. would say, oh, I can't put this book down. Here I can, give it to me, I'll put it down. But that love of literature that she had, and the very first time I read The Hunt for Red October by Tom Clancy, I suddenly understood all the things Mm -hmm. she talked about. It's the first book that I couldn't put down. Mm -hmm. So whereas I'd like to honor your question by saying who's the best, I was very fortunate to have elementary, middle school, high school educators who loved who they were and what they did. And that I just love listening to you rattle off this list. I mean, you're coming across with those names like a kid that's a football fan just rattling off his favorite players. Mm. And, you know, one of the things you talked about this morning is how if we're born in this country, we, we win the lottery. We're so lucky. And you talked about so many things that you are grateful for. And to be that fortunate to be able to have so many great educators. And I think one of the things that we need to remember for our students is you don't know who you're that great educator for. You don't always realize that kind of impact that you're having. Mm. And so we, we have that obligation. You're Today, you're probably going to be great for somebody. And it may not feel like it in that moment, but they might sit down with somebody later at a podcast and all of a sudden your name's going to come up because you took the time to make sure, hey, you're going to say you had a great day or hey. Mm. So that is so cool that you have such a long list. That's that's better than, I know you said honor the question. I, I love the long list better than honor the question. Well, the, the, I mean, the thing of it is, Sam, you, the impact that some educators have, a, a lot of them are seeds that don't come to fruition until later. Absolutely. It's, as an adult where you go, you know what? I had a teacher that once taught me, and it, I, it stayed with me forever. Problem is that we all have the best intentions. Mm-hmm. I've got to write them a card. I've got to send them a note. I've got to send them an email. And yet... We don't, and so there's so many educators that have no idea mm-hmm. of the impact that they have, and, uh, and well, I wish they, I wish they could. Uh, next question that I have for you, and you know, one of the things I really appreciated today is you talked about our graduation rate, uh, 89.89%, which is great. We're awfully proud of it, and you know, we're kind of always looking at what can we improve. A colleague of mine, David, was sitting right behind me, and he goes, he's right, and we got to take care of that other 11%. Mm. So there's always those challenges that we still face. Uh, and you've had the opportunity to see a lot of different different districts, a lot of different perspectives, and a lot of places in our country. From your perspective, from what 
you've been able to see what do you think the biggest challenge is that we as educational leaders are facing as we move forward? I, well, I, number one, um, it's unfortunate, but I mean, families have certainly changed. The structure mm -hmm. of families have certainly changed. And the support for your child in education. Uh, doesn't make a difference where it is, but if you have adults in the life of a child that value education, the kid will beat the odds and they'll do great. We've heard that story mm -hmm. a million times. So give me, I mean, the Minneapolis schools are really struggling. They try so many great things, but the gap of achievement between kids of color and our other kids, it's a tough one. However, the child has to be in the desk to learn. The mm -hmm. child has got to be in the building to learn. And if they're not in the building, they can't learn. And so to find innovative ways to go in those homes and grab those kids and make sure they're in school, number one. Mm -hmm. So A, uh, that, that all families, all cultures, all communities need to value education to make sure the child is there, ready to learn, and do what we can. That's one thing. Number two, uh, leadership. If I've learned one thing from being in 3,500 schools, some being the absolute best in the nation, some of them really lacking, there's only one thing that makes a difference, that's leadership. Give me a great principal, give me a superintendent, give me a, 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 give me a leader mm -hmm. that says, follow me, uh, that, that is bold and visionary and expects more of themselves and expects more of others. Mm -hmm. We can do this. And then, and, you know, and then there's different ways to do it. How are we going to improve? What can we tweak? How about we try this? Uh, are we really targeting these kids from day one? I mean, there's so many solutions, but solutions don't start without the leader. So one of the challenges we have, A, we value education in this country, at least we say it, mm -hmm. but B, we just don't want to pay for it. I mean, hello, I'm sorry, but dollars make a difference. I have, it's called the $500,000 solution. What's that? Pay every superintendent, building principal, that's absolutely a rock star, $500,000. You're not going to get a lot of pushback from the NCSA <laughs> on that. I, you know, because <laughs> if, we can, if we can pay a CEO billions in a private jet, we can pay school leaders the money, not that they deserve, but they earn. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, A, the home, do we value education? Because we're values as educated kids don't do well. Number two, value our leaders in schools. Mm -hmm. Sam, I have never met a bad teaching staff. But I have met staffs that are rudderless, that have no leader, that become small and spiteful because the leadership and the culture of the school is negative. You bring in a new leader that creates a culture of caring and excellence, and together we can do this. I'll show you a brand new staff of magnificent teachers. All right, tell me this. I guess I'm totally on the same page with you. Let's say that you just got done with your keynote and somebody catches you as you're trying to roll out with your suitcase and catch, it, catch your flight and they say, Mark, I'm a brand new principal. It's my first leadership position and I know I've got good people in this building, but I know that they're burned out. I know that there's some cynicism and I know I, I've, I've went to three days of this conference and I know I, I'm steering this ship. What is an actionable step that I can take? I'm going to walk in this. I haven't even unpacked in my office yet. I've got to unpack my office, and then it's going to be me in the school, and I have to lead. What's an actionable step that I can take as a new leader to get to the place that you're talking about? 
no one answer, of course, Sam, but, but three that come to mind immediately. Number one would be that your office is in the hallways, in the cafeteria, in the library, in the classroom. Love That's it. your office. So to find someone mm -hmm. that's going to take care of uh, all those things that keep you from being where your office truly is, and mm -hmm. that's in the building. To find that admin, to find that saint that will take care of the calls, that will take care of all the things that take you away from where you should be. Uh, visible administrators, visible leaders make a difference, whether it's in the front line on D-Day in Omaha Beach or whether it's in a high school hallway, visible leaders make a difference. And so whatever you can do to spend time in, in the hallways in the classroom by example. Number two would be to, um, your job is for teachers to come into that staff. Uh, the best one I've ever heard is to remove obstacles and to remove excuses. Take away excuses for underperformers, mm -hmm. take away obstacles for your top performers. Hmm. How, what's the best music program in the world for you to create? You want to create a music program at our school that's, that rivals anybody else. What do you need for me to do to help support you to get that done? Mm -hmm. um, you want to create a great theater production? What can we do to help you create that? You want a world-class science program? What, what can I do to help support you? you know, what obstacles do I have to remove to mm -hmm. bring out the greatness in you? And for those people that, that don't see their own greatness, that are putting in the time, that have lost their spark, mm -hmm. it's let's take away the excuses. Mm -hmm. Let's... Let's find what we need to do to get you back in the game. Where'd you lose your love and what happened? Where'd that spark go? Because you used to have it when you became a new teacher. You had it. How can we rekindle that? Mm -hmm. And so create experiences on both sides that keep the spark burning and, and rekindle that spark. And I think to never underestimate your impact as a leader. I mean, it's you and I are sitting here, and we're, and we're reading this coffee mug. Yes, that we just right? got on the way out. It's a free coffee mug from NCSA, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a quote here from John Quincy Adams, and neither one of us have seen it, that mm -hmm. says, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. I mean, and that's what school leaders do. Mm-hmm. They inspire, they encourage, they create possibilities, and people's lives are changed forever. As I said, you can have a job, you can have a career, or you can have a legacy. Mm -hmm. And all of us, I believe, know that we want a life that has meaning and purpose and a legacy, you know, as you have on the path that you've taken. So I think it's to don't get too busy with all of the stuff that will take you away from what matters. And I'm so glad that you talked about get out of that office and get into the hallways because I guarantee as this school year gets started, a couple of weeks, we're all going to be rolling with kids in our classroom. And you could have went person to person here and said, what's a goal that you have this year? And without question, people would have said, I need to be out of my office more. I don't, I don't think you would have gotten to the third person without somebody saying, I want to be out of my office and in classrooms and in the hallways more. And then the job happens. We all know it, but we all need to be reminded of it mm -hmm. because it's important. And there's, there's never been a time that I've been in the hallway or been in a classroom or been talking with a teacher or a student and out of my office, and I've regretted it. Mm. That's there. It's always worth it. And as a leader... If you're going to know what's going on in your school, you're not going to know it from the front office. 
you need to be in with your people. And I love it when parents call and they have a concern and my principals can say, well, I was just in that classroom yesterday. Mm. Or I just talked to your son over by the water fountain this week. Mm -hmm. And if we're not reminded, I'm so glad that you reminded people and validated that because we all know it. And sometimes we need somebody else to tell us. I was in Massachusetts speaking at uh, a high school, Silver Lake. John McEwen was -hmm. the principal. Um, I adored John. He became a great friend over the years and uh, we lost him just a year ago to cancer. But I remember sitting with John, and we were in his office after the assembly, and it went really well, did an all-school assembly, wonderful kids, well-run school. And we're visiting about it, and the bell rang, end of the, end of the day, bell rang. And he said, let's go. I said, where? He said, the buses. I said, John. <laughs> you, and this is a big school, right? Yep. I said, John, you have bus duty? He said, come on. And we went out to the buses, and he smooths with kids. He greeted kids. How was your day? How'd it go? What'd you think of the program today? Uh, and he, and as the kids loaded, high school kids loaded the buses, mm-hmm. he stood there and waved to them like they were little third graders. Mm-hmm. And like little third graders, they all waved back as the buses pulled away. Absolutely. I said, John, what, why do you do this? He said, I greet them when they come in first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I say goodbye to them when they leave at the end of the day. It's my most precious time with kids. And so when the bell rings, I'm out there between classes, during lunch, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, because my kids need to know who's running this school. Mm-hmm. And I happen to be the guy that's running it. <laughs> I, I love that he says, I happen to be the guy that's running it. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I want to thank you for something very specific. And I'm sure that you'll probably remember this, but I don't think you know the impact that it had. The last time I, got, I had the opportunity to hear you speak, you talked about the concept of having a secret mentor. Mm. And if every kid had one adult that that adult said, I have that kid's back. And you don't need to go up to the child and say, hey, just so you know, picking you. You're, you're, you're my little secret mentee mm-hmm. that you just decide that kid, I'm going to have his back. And one of the things that I've tried to do for years on a weekly basis, I'll email my teachers and I'll say, here's your mission to interact with students. This, this is an interaction I want you to have this week. Mm-hmm. And... After you talked about that, the very next opportunity I had, I said, so this guy Mark speak, and he has this idea of a secret mentor. So here's your mission this week. Pick a kid. And that kid, he's yours. You're his secret mentor. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while in the year, I would remind him and say, you know that kid you picked? This is the week you check in. And then a couple weeks later, okay, that kid you picked, I want you to go and talk to him about a goal he has. And then a month later, you know when you talk to that kid about the goal? you should go check and see how that goal is going. Hmm. And I, I did that with my staff at Kearney High. I did that with my staff when I was a uh, principal at Emerson Elementary. And I think sometimes when I send those missions out, teachers go, oh, here's something corny from Stecker. I had more teachers come down to my office and say, that's the best thing that you have sent out really, than any other thing that I have ever done. Hmm. So when I said learn something from you and it changed how I did things, Absolutely. Hmm. And teachers would come down and they would talk about those specific students. And they'd say, Mike doesn't know that I'm his secret mentor, but here's the conversation I had with Hmm. him. And they become invested even more in that child's success. Mm -hmm. So without a doubt, Mark, that had a big impact on the students and on people that I serve. So thank you for sharing that. And that that was huge for me. So, You know, I, I remember being in a principal's office in New Hampshire. And the guy had a picture on his wall, it was, it was a while back, of John Kennedy running for office, in front of an airplane, there were 
bunch of people in the picture posing with him. And I asked about it. I think if people put a picture in their office or a dead fish or a big deer, you should ask about it. <laughs> I think hey, so, tell too. Tell me about that big dead fish. <laughs> and I asked him about the picture, and he told me about when he met John Kennedy and what he had to say. And um, it, it was a fascinating conversation and the insights that he had. And I said, this is so cool. Where, where are you in this picture? And he said, well, yeah. do you see the guy in the far right? I'm next to him, but I, I, I didn't quite make the picture. But every time I look at it, I know I'm there. Yep. And I think when when graduation's over, when the last day of elementary school is completed, but, but especially graduation, when you see these kids, they get their cap and gown, and the final speech is over, and they're walking out, and they have their picture taken with their family, with their arms around them. I think that's a time for educators to sit back, lean against the wall, stop time, and look at that kid and say, you know what? I'm not standing next to the kid for the picture, but I know that I'm in it. I know that because I was a secret mentor, because I cared, because I was an advocate, because I took time, I know I'm in that picture. And I think that's, that's why we're here. It's why we choose education, to say that we are in the lives of kids. We've made a positive difference, and we love what we do. I would totally agree. Good. I think that's a pretty valid point for us to close on. I would say if you haven't, kids, if you just do an internet search for nice bike, you're going to find Mark in a hurry. Uh, and I have read his book. It is a great book. It's motivational, and it's not just – those of you that know me know I'm critical of people that just motivate us and don't tell us how to actually get better. I just said some of Mark's stuff has absolutely helped me be better at what I do, so I would highly recommend it. Mark, anything else you want to say before we close up? John Quincy Adams, great quote. Absolutely. Go out there and do something. Build a country. I like it. And if you think you know anybody that's got a great story out there in our state, it's like I've been telling you guys, get a hold of myself, get a hold of Mike Delaney at NCSA offices, and I'll make a road trip out there, and we will record, and we'll put them on the podcast as well. Mark, thank you again. I appreciate Graduation it. Graduation rate, Nebraska, 88.89% and getting better. We're, work, we're working on that 11 that's left. Go take that, baby. Right on.